0: Talking about some of the most accomplished athletes in the
1: state of Kansas, the name Clint Poyer has to be at the top of the list. The Emporia native has been dominating on the NASCAR Cup Series since the beginning of the new millennium. In fact, he has double digit wins and almost 200 top 10 finishes. Plus, he has multiple pole positions. Clint Boyer grew up in Emporia, Kansas, and after racing on dirt tracks down there, he was finally discovered and made it to the big time. And since making it to the big time, he's been so generous in giving back to his community of Emporia, Kansas. Here's my conversation with NASCAR driver, Clint Boyer. Well, we'll start with Ned because he is a guest every week on my radio show. Yeah, and, awesome. and and I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to him come on with us. If you haven't, you need to, because it's a different dude. It's probably the guy that you know more than the guy that anybody else knows because he's awesome. He really is a cool guy. He's
2: very, very cool. And
1: and And I said to him on Wednesday, I said, all right. I'm having Clinton on the podcast. What am I going to ask him? And he always says, I don't know. And then he always has something really good to come up with, right? And I said, all right, tell me one thing. And he goes, ask him that – he says, you don't have much ability to play baseball, <laughs> but any baseball player can be a NASCAR driver. What do you think of that statement? <laughs> no chance.
2: No chance. <laughs> the neatest thing about him is he's so relatable, um, a fan of NASCAR. And, and really, I grew up in this area. Everybody knows that. But – obviously went to Royals games and things like that. But when he took over and was, was manager over there, that's when my attention to the Royals baseball really, really, um, started, started. And, and, uh, he's, uh, you know, when, when things were rolling and back to back world series appearances and things like that, he never changed. He never wavered. And and that's what you look for in people. And, and that's who I try to, you know, be like in, in, in our world. But, uh, um, through it all you know would send tickets or call and ask to come or how'd your weekend go and when i wasn't running well was always there for uh you know encouragement a quick text or something like that keep your head up and you know what i mean just a good genuine person and and uh so proud that he's he's a part of uh the royals and in, in kansas city and and um share a lot in common with hunting and everything else uh um he's we've got to, I think we're gonna have to just help him get up in there or bring him a, a, a scissor lift or something way more safe he doesn't need to be climbing in any more um tree stands or anything but uh just love him good guy and uh Happy that he's with the Royals.
1: Yeah, I am, too. And, and it's funny because you said he's real genuine. And that, that's kind of the one thing he said about you. He goes, you're one of the few guys that's still fun to be around. He goes, get him to react to that. <laughs> I said, all right. So what does that mean? He says, you're one of the fun guys, the few guys that's still fun to be around. Now. Well,
2: here's the thing. I mean, I just remember working for this, you know what I mean? And in, in this area, racing at Lakeside down the road, watching this place from a from – a, um, Hey, let's face it—not a very good place to be in, you know. To to one of the neatest and nicest places Kansas City has to offer, all because of this racetrack. Uh, I remember it was housing development, yeah. you know, and and uh, now it's a, one of the fastest half a mile and a half tracks we go to. Um, everything that's evolved because of this racetrack—the legends, um, the soccer complex, the. the you know the casino is the latest thing i mean there's just so many positive impacts that's happened into this area because of the racetrack
1: when did you realize it was cool to be a royals fan again
2: when they were rolling yeah. and, and they still hey man it's always cool to be a royals fan and it shouldn't waver and that's what i think that's neatest about kansas city right now is obviously getting beat up on a little bit here but it's almost like they're pushing even harder, showing their support and, and um, you know, not wavering from that. And and as a competitor and, and, you know, somebody that's in a sport that's been up and down, you know, that's what that's what you feel and, and uh, you know, appreciate the most.
1: You mentioned Ned getting in a scissor lift or whatever as you get back up there. When you heard he had that accident, did you have any idea it was as bad as it really was? Like he was this close yeah. to maybe not making it?
2: Not until I talked to him and, and uh, you know, text him first, make sure he was OK. And just like Ned, always quick to respond um and uh, then I, I I talked to him and just made sure you know it didn't need anything or family didn't need anything or anything else and and um no I didn't and that's when he told me you know how close it really was and and uh, just shows you, you know, some of the the most simple things in life that we
1: enjoy and, and take for granted. Those are sometimes the most dangerous, no doubt. Did you ever have anything like that when you were racing, where you got into a wreck and you're like, "Oh my God!" I kind of see my life flash before my eyes. About every kinda... one of them. Really, you do.
2: <laughs> well, when you hit something at 200 miles an hour, it just is a. It's a different impact. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 What's it like, though? I mean, like it you, hurts like hell. Yeah. But not like him. He's bleeding out and, and everything else. Uh, um, no, it's just like a Talladega last weekend. Those are probably the most unique because it's never just you that wrecked. You know, it seems like there's 15, 20 of us in, in one of those big melees, and everybody gets into the infield care center. And it's like, you know they're checking your vitals and make sure you're all right and they're telling your blood pressures through the roof well no kidding lady yeah <laughs> i just really did you see where i came from um you know and then then it's like who the hell started that and we're all talking amongst us over the doctors like hold on hold on we're like, we don't even know how this started yeah so there's like 15 of us in there arguing and pointing fingers and everything else who
1: caused it that that would be awesome to be kind of in there to see what's going on doctors are trying to work on you guys and you're screaming and yeah fight. Do, have you ever seen a fight break breakout no room? but it's
2: sometimes i i would have liked to give that
1: doctor something to, to work on that guy for yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get back to you and, and, and a little bit about the racing because you, you're back to winning man for like yeah. the first time since 2012 kind of like you know the royals went into a little bit of funk but here they are they came back again in 14 and 15 and started to win and you're winning your top five right now as we tape this i mean w- what's been working for you this year
2: well i think it's the very thing that you learn as a kid and and they teach you as as any coach or any sport you're in you never give up you never give up you can never waver from that and and um you know i didn't uh got beat up quite a bit and got moved around a lot things were rolling in 12 and 13 next thing you know this out of the clear blue you signed a new three three-year long-term deal that's uh got a ton of upside and, and positive things going on and guy just up and decided he's done he's quitting Um, so now you're out on the streets trying to find a job and, and obviously tried to had to take some things that, that you didn't necessarily want to do, but that's what you had to do to get back on top and get yourself established and aligned Mm -hmm. with an organization like Stuart Haas racing that, you know, um, is capable of putting equipment under you that you can go out and, and compete at your best and win these races had that last year, um, had a lot of new last year you know obviously it's been a few years since i even been in a competitive car and then all of a sudden you got a new crew chief um things have changed a lot as far as the technology and what it takes to be successful in our sport um simulation um the technology behind our sport right now i mean we just just brought on it savvy as an it company if you would have done that 10 years ago in our sport everybody would have been like what What's that gonna do? What? What are you? Where are you going with that? You yeah. know, what's the point? And and now, I mean, I'm talking literally with our four car organization. If that IT guy, the one guy that we can't live without on a race weekend at a racetrack is the IT guy. If he's gone and we have a problem, I mean, it's like nuclear meltdown. It shuts the whole company down um, from everything, from the engines. I mean, if you have trouble with an engine, you used to, you know, the first thing you do is up goes the hood and the boys are underneath of it pulling the carburetor off, valve covers, whatever. They get into the bottom of it, diagnosing it the old way. They don't even lift the hood. Now the, the IT guy, the computer guy, goes over the engine tuner. The engine tuner <laughs> yeah. doesn't have a 9 wrench in his hand anymore. He's got a, a cord. He plugs his laptop in. He's like... Yeah or nay. It's blown up or you're good, you know. And makes it makes a quick adjustment in the fuel map, and away you go. I mean, that is how far our sports came, and it's all because of the technology and, and um, you know, it's why we need these IT companies. How many that. times
1: has the IT guy said, have you tried rebooting before he actually gets out there and does <laughs> Let something? Me tell you, I mean, the
2: simulation behind, you know, our sport, I mean, the setups and things. You used to go to the track, and, and you'd just stay there till you figured it out. Shock springs track bar adjustments whatever the case may be different front end geometry now that's all done in simulation you before it ever gets in the track and and let me tell you though that computer gets a virus oh boy you don't want to be the crash test dummy in that race car. It's going to handle bad, and nine times nine times out of ten, you're going
1: to be in the fence. It sounds awesome until it goes haywire, right? Haywire like, is not good. Then you're like, I need to get back to what. Haywire we used to hurts do. like hell. Yeah, I bet it does. So you were like, you were like Moose for a while. They <laughs> couldn't find a team. Couldn't find somebody that wanted you. Ended up signing a lesser deal with the Royals, knocking the cover off the ball, earning your way back. So you kind yeah. of know what he was going through this off season, huh? Yeah,
2: but I mean, Moose, that's just a different world, and we don't, you know, my. My brother, my all my stuff is we do it as a family, just like we did um, when it all started. And and you know it's funny. We, everybody tries to figure that out, right? The baseball world, or the 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 ba- basketball world, the football world, the NASCAR world. How does how does their world work? And and uh, you see players that really take off and get that big deal. Some that don't get left behind. You. You know, we have an RTA, the owners, basically a union that, that uh, you know, we have established now in our sport, and, and the drivers don't really have any kind of representation. It's kind of all on your own um, personally and individually. So um, everything's different, but it's, it's, it was kind of unique to see that. But it, does, it ain't all about money. It's all about teamwork. It's all about the people around you. That's the number one thing that I've learned in this business is you can go after that money, and uh, if it's the wrong deal, Greed will get in the way of it. You'll go out and get that money, and and next thing you know, you might be done in two or three years and and out of the business altogether. Um, Stick with with good people around you, and and, uh, the success will always follow you, and then the money will follow that. When did you realize that? When you stub your toe and make a mistake once. (laughs) Yeah greed you you only have to be greedy once and if if you're lucky enough you'll be able to learn from that mistake and go on
1: because i think that's something that everybody who's young looks at: chase the money chase the money chase the money
2: and that's a that's a different business too um you know you see those i like the basketball world right now i mean it's so frustrating to me because i come from a sport where you really just kind of race you know professionally when you're a kid i mean you you know and and that's how you that's how i made it i mean you know we raced in the nascar weekly racing series without that series and that program i couldn't have afforded the next car the next year for the next series the next engine to to provide the speed to win and be successful for that next opportunity so forth and so on and all the steps stepping stones of nascar that's how you did it You know, and and now, you know, obviously, all you need is a a, a basketball and a a goal, and uh, that's how you practice, and it's a different world. But, um, you know, to see those those guys that are taking that money at an early age and, and maybe not necessarily education or something like that, Um, it's difficult. It's a, it's a tricky thing because I don't blame them Mm -hmm. either way, either side of it. You don't blame them. I mean, all it takes in their world is get hurt and, and hurt your, your knee or something like that. And you never got that opportunity and you might be sacking groceries the rest of your life. I mean, that's real, That is, you know, and that's something that's,
1: in my opinion, difficult for them to, uh, you know, to face in their future. Your charitable aspect of things is pretty remarkable. I was doing some reading and watching some interviews with you and all this money you're giving back to the Emporia community, and you're importing that kind of on your kids now. Your son's raising money for charity and stuff like that. A little kid, I think that's fantastic. I think it's one of the coolest things teaching your kids how to give back. What was your son out raising money for and, and how did you get him convinced that like, hey man, this is what you gotta do?
2: <laughs> well, they did a uh you know, a program at preschool where they raised—they raised like sixty-five hundred dollars—and and, and uh, um, I told them if they—I told the teachers if they raised that, I would bring a race car out and we'd have a race day, and um, that happened. They they raised the money and and uh, through all their programs and put those kids to work. So that's what we did. You know, we had to go and, and ring the doorbell and sell the candy bar to some, shame him into it, and you yeah. didn't, you know, because. Because They didn't want it, and you knew it, but they would do it because you shamed them into it because you're this innocent little kid at their doorstep begging. Um, that's how it works, though, and, and that's it teaches us a lot. You know, now that I'm an adult and I represent companies, and, and I'm part of a sport where you're faced to do that and to be a spokesperson, and, and to have to go out and hunt those deals and, and make them be a success not only on the racetrack but, but you know, off behind the scenes of business to business and everything how our world works um those days of selling those those candy bars and going out and towing a car with my old man down in emporia those are the the experiences that really set me up later in life to be able to have the confidence to go and look a guy in the eye and ask him for um you know millions of dollars to be on side of a race car that we can represent him or, or whatever the case may be but go back to charity stuff um Yeah, it's the Emporia Community Foundation. You know, when we obviously do a lot of stuff within our community, very proud to be a part of NASCAR because they NASCAR the community. I don't. I think is is better than any other. Sporting organization as far as giving back, and and I'm I'm proud to say that we uh, we all support one another's causes. Um, the NASCAR Foundation. Everybody, you you look over at one of those events, and it's all the drivers on board and donating uh, not only their time but their money to that, whatever the case may be. But then we all have our own causes too, and that's where. You know, you, you have all these things, the, the Shriners Hospitals and so many different things are meaningful to you that you do give to. But uh, for me, it was always an easy one to go back home. Um, because every time I went back there, there was something that I felt like i could I could you know contribute to and things like that and we 've been able to um, build a community building that everybody in the community uses from weddings to business meetings to school programs backpack programs scholarships i mean we've we 've done it all and proud to uh, to be a part of it there 's a lot of people. That uh, do the legwork and, and um, just proud of what we've done.
1: Sure, I mean, but without you, it doesn't. It doesn't get going. That community center is pretty cool. I was looking at pictures. Yeah. like, Dang, dude, that's, that's a pretty sweet deal. You've given almost two million or more than two million, I guess, back to Emporia since you've been able to, you know, to do this through the obviously through the racing. What's the most fulfilling moment you had where you went? Wow! I just made a difference with somebody's life.
2: Well, I think it was that community building. I think it was like a million and a half that we we donated to uh, to the community, to the county, to to do, do that. We built that building on the Lyon County Fairgrounds, and then I leaned on my buddy uh, Blake Shelton and came and did the grand Name opening. Dropper. Well, the co- you said what was that <laughs> yeah, moment, and and that was it. You I'm know, kidding. I'm standing there and I couldn't believe I couldn't believe that. You know, I showed him the pictures of it one night hunting and and just farting around over a beer, and he's like, man that's pretty awesome when he would because i was told him you know i was asking him actually you know how he would do the back of it if he was going to set up like an acoustic show or something and, and he had some input in. he's like well hey when you do the grand opening i'll come play it. and i was like you know how that is yeah, yeah right, right. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah. and then uh lo and behold my man showed up, put on a show, and and that was the the, the welcoming moment and, and the, the surreal moment for me.
1: Really, that's pretty awesome. You you mentioned on Twitter that the, the preschoolers were asking you some pretty cool questions, and you were laughing <laughs> at them. What's some of the stuff they were asking you? I gotta I gotta get into the mind of. Well, a one of the
2: questions that was that was uh, it was it wasn't funny, but it was funny is is she told this little, cutest little girl ever. She goes, "Well, one time I choked on something and my face turned blue." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Oh uh, well uh I mean how do you how do you respond to that? But um some good questions obviously. The the one that everybody asks is what do you do when you have to go to the bathroom? Well it's the same thing you do. Um but uh yeah. um you never know. I mean, I have a three year old. You know, you never know what's going to come out of their mouth. Right. And those kids were no exception, and they owned that day. It was They, they sure made my day. That's yeah. for sure.
1: It's interesting because I got a seven and eight year old, and they still don't know what's going to come out <laughs> of their mouth. You still have no idea what they're going to ask or what they're going to say. And you just, well, at just three, got
2: to be careful because it's probably what you said. That's right. And then your wife is going to be all over you when they repeat that. Yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah, you,
1: you got to tone it down at home and be careful what you say, because they will. They will yeah. absolutely repeat yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. We'll get back to our conversation with Clint Boyer in a moment. But first, I want to tell you about Red Door Grill. Red Door Grill truly is becoming everybody's favorite restaurant right here in Kansas City because they have something for everyone. Whether you're a kid or whether you're an adult, you're going to find something delicious at Red Door Grill. We start the week off right with those $5 burgers on Mondays and then you just wait a couple of days for Thursday to get here and the jalapeno dip fried chicken that marinates beginning on Monday and Tuesday it gets oh so tender and then by the time Thursday rolls around they're flash frying it and it's so crispy and delicious people are waiting out Side for the doors to open on Thursday morning. Of course, happy hour every Monday through Friday from 4 until 7. You'll find the best deals on appetizers and drinks. And my kids, they love Red Door Grill. Immediately when we walk in, they order those pretzel sticks and they're on the table before we even order our meal. For me, I love the salmon salad at Red Door Grill. It is phenomenal. So check out Red Door Grill in Overland Park, Leewood, and in the heart of Brookside. You'll find something for everyone. Everybody will love Red Door Grill, and we'll see you at Red Door tonight. I think one of the coolest things you got to do, and this is going to show my my side of uh, a life that I love outside of sports, is food, and you got to do the Triple D show with Guy Fieri. And I I love watching that show. Take me through that episode. First of all, how long do you guys stay at a restaurant and eat and and invest in one place like that?
2: Well, here's the thing. been friends for a long time, and and, – met through other acquaintances but uh um just have a lot in common you know what i mean our energy level and, and like to have fun like to stay out after hours and just love people you yeah. know what i mean doesn't matter where it is we always meet at super bowl or something like that and we're it doesn't it, even if we're not there together by the end of the night we're together you know one of those deals and uh he, he asked. He just asked me if I would come be a part of it. I'm like, guy, I don't know anything. I mean, I can't make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'll ruin a bowl of cereal. That, uh-huh. that bad. <laughs> And uh, he's like, that did not matter. Come on. So we went to Kansas City and, and brought him around to some great barbecue places. Um, and then went to Charlotte and, and had a ton of fun there. Stole his Camaro and did a bunch of burnouts, which he didn't like. And I thought it was hilarious. Does that
1: car travel with him all yeah, the time? Yeah, they it take everywhere. it everywhere. That's legit. Okay. And he's so proud of that car. Yeah.
2: And it was like a big deal. You know, Just got a new engine in it. And I'm like, had it out there, blowing the tires off of it wide. <laughs> i was like, what are you doing? We need that thing tomorrow. I'm like, well. <laughs> It'd be all right. You know, um but uh comes to the races and and we've done a lot of things together. Cool family, just a neat guy, a lot of fun. How much do you guys eat like during one of those Yeah, things? yeah, yeah. So, my appetite was I'm talking khaki colors only. Right. I'm just think of a four-year-old. That's how I've eaten my whole entire life till guy. Yeah, you know. And then when you go with a guy like that to a restaurant or a venue, or he starts cooking and whipping something up, you you just trust him. You know, sure. You're Like, well, heck, he, like getting in the car te- with you. I'll trust. Yeah. You. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. I probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. No different than I should eat what he's got. But um, like, you just trust that. And, and next thing you know, you're eating something you've never eaten before, or some color that you've never even eaten
1: before, and it was phenomenal. And now my appetite's all over the place. So, so do you like like when you're shooting a TV show and he's doing. That, that. like it looks like you're eating a lot like i just wonder like can you sit there and just gorge no. on yourself all well, you day can. long that's so good that's yeah, the right? number
2: one thing do you have his book i don't know that triple d book is a must especially if you travel all across the country like we do i mean the teams all have it in the garage area everybody if you're in a, a, an area that has you know one of those restaurants which it's been going around so long you will be yeah um go to one because they're they're on that show for a reason that's the thing is they have a team behind him uh, and a knack for finding those go-to stops all across the country. And, I mean, there's some good places. Richmond, we were just in the, um, that one right down the road. I can't think of the name of it, but it's a Triple D um, stop yeah. and, and uh, probably a block down the road. And it's just, I mean, phenomenal food. And, so, but, but when you're on the show, no, you're just sampling on it, going on to the next, because yeah. you're right. I mean, you you sample on every everything, every plate on the menu you've got in front of you. And are all good.
1: Yeah. So now that you've had experience eating other colors of food besides beige and you know khaki, <laughs> w- what is your like your perfect meal right now? Like th- this is what I'm having tonight. I just won the cup. I'm eating this. This is where I'm going tonight. Probably a moving. Bud
2: Light. <laughs>
1: just not gonna lie. See, if we, if
2: we just won a cup race. As you saw in Martinsville, I'm yeah. probably my go-to is going to be a Bud Light.
1: We'll worry about eating later. worry about eating later. I like that. So Duck Dynasty, Triple D, In the Booth on Fox, what's the next TV show? Like, if you could choose, I'm going to go on this one next. Where are you going? You
2: know, it's just happy and, and uh, proud to be a part of a sport where it's opened those doors. Um, you know, our, our broadcasting partners with Fox and NBC, they knock it out of the park covering our sport. Um, and no different than any other sport, but but when, it, when it's your sport – and they invite you up to, to call a race where it's an Xfinity race or that whole driver's only broadcast at Talladega where it was all of us. Yeah. You know, it's like we we're so far over our heads and out of control. It's, you know, to see your peers, Kevin Harvick, that, you know, he was in the sport when I came into I've known him. He's been on the racetrack of every single race I've ever been in. To look over and see him literally scared out of his mind, nervous, you know, it was, for me, it
1: was comical. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just
2: dying laughing. But all the shows and all the stuff, it's because of being a part of this sport and, and, you know, I've embraced and enjoyed every one of them.
1: We were talking with Ty Dillon on the radio show, and he said, ask ask him about the use of social media. He wants to see how an old guy answers the question about the emergence of social media in NASCAR now. This kid, he has a... That dude's a stud, man. This is why he's a stud. He's got, like, that guy right there behind that camera. Yeah, Justin. That guy
2: follows him around every day of his life with that camera and records it all. Who the hell wants to do that? (laughs) No, get off
1: my lawn, right, Clint? Yes, I do
2: not want you covering every step of the way as
1: I go throughout my life. And these kids, they love it. They do. They, but that seems like to be the new wave of everything. Like people want YouTube, they want Instagram, they want all of this stuff. That you know, it feels like you have to give them in order to hook them. I can watch
2: Ty's World Monday through Friday in thirty seconds. I can watch everything he did in 30 seconds. I don't want you watching everything I did in 30 seconds. I don't want anybody watching anything I'm doing no. either in 30 seconds. Would be in jail.
1: Yes, we'd, absolutely. We'd definitely be out of a job. But do you like the you like the direction of, of the way it has to go to get new fans into the sport, the young fans? Because I know every sport's kind of suffering with that.
2: I embrace the interaction with the fans. Positive or negative? I mean, social media has brought so many positive things to the world, to Mm -hmm. sporting in general. But there is, there's negative with everything. I mean, it's like there's some of the stuff you're on here, like really, man, what?
1: Yeah, you get trolls, man. That pissed off. People do. People do. Does your
2: job suck that bad? Does your your, you need a new bed? (laughs) Maybe your bed sucks. Maybe that's it. Get a new damn bed and wake up better. Just do better. I And, and that's that's my biggest pet peeve about getting on twitter is like and then you'll get on like he'll say something so outlandish and so negative and and just terrible that you'll you'll you're forced to do it you're gonna you want to block him, then you're like yeah let's search him a little bit so now you're cyber stalking right yeah like now you care about this guy and you're going down and you're looking at all of his tweets and there's not one that is an inkling of positivity in anything he says you're like dude
1: Block, block, yeah. But then you give them that satisfaction of blocking them, and then they can go tell their three friends in their other mother's basements that I just got, blacked, right. got blocked the by The worst thing
2: is about it, though, it'll bother you all day long because you've been getting that satisfaction. Yeah. Like, he bothered you, you yeah. know? And you'll think about that butthole
1: all day long. <laughs> um, who's the Andy Reid of NASCAR?
2: Andy, I don't think Andy. Man, that guy is so steady, Eddie, and, and respectful and nice and... and successful I mean he's at all obviously Coach Gibbs is is our guy in NASCAR um, that you think of but uh, he's just fun you know I I think he's such a unique follow and, and you know obviously I don't get to go to Chiefs games very often or or, um, again, I, f- I have to follow it through Twitter sure, and, and yeah. uh, watch it on TV. But he, he seems very serious, very respectful, um, but fun too. You know what I mean? He seems like he can just balance all of that and, and uh, you know, elevate a room when he walks in and and um, push players when they need pushed and, and pull the reins
1: back when they do. I mean, he's – He's a good coach. I want to leave you with this one. You, Truex, Harvick, you're all winners all over again. You're all 35. You're all old dudes now in the sport. You're getting a lot of static from the young guys. All the old dudes are winning. Is it going to stay that way for the rest of the year? Is this the old dudes year in NASCAR? Here's the thing. It's always been that way. I mean, you can't
2: replace experience in our sport, and, and it's not the kids that are pushing that. It's the media and everything else. Yes, everybody wants to see a fresh face, have success, and things like that, but... It's no different than any other sport. The it's media loves to... trying to find the next oh, instead yeah. of focusing on well, what's I mean, the here it's and right. now. I mean, You win a race, and you look on TV for the following week, and you've got all this hype. You're rolling. You're up there in points, and you look on, and it's some kid in 27th in points that's on the, the, the flyer for the next race. You're like, really? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of comical how out of control it's gotten but uh, and how desperate they've gotten for one of them to win, but it'll happen. Um, a lot of good kids coming up, a lot of good stories. And uh, I think the sport's healthy because of that. But it's also healthy because, hey, they're going to have to knock us off to
1: be able to win these races. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the KC Bobcast with NASCAR driver Clint Boyer. He truly has accomplished both on the track and off the track. Does so many great things for his community right here in the state of Kansas.